to the best podcast ever. You already knew that. And I knew that you knew that. That's right. I can read your mind. (laughs) This week, we are talking about my favorite topic in the whole wide world. It's not really in the world, is it? Well, Mm -mm. whatever. The space! Yay! So we're kind of doing this just for Annabelle. But we are having fun. And this is the sister episode to the last episode we did. Zodiac and Astrology. If you haven't heard it, go listen. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, this is going to be extremely, extremely, extremely long. And I'm just making it longer by saying extremely. So, let's get started with a quick history led by the mind reader, Lily. Hey, hey. I know you're ready for a quick history. Alright, sorry. Now that I got that out of my system, let's talk about the history of space exploration. Space exploration. So let's get started. Since ancient times, humans humans have looked up at the sky and wondered, what in the world is up there? Get it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I also make jokes. Thank you, I'll be here all week. And they, we wondered, were there other living things? Why did the sky change? Some crazy people even wanted to explore and take a closer look at them with just the bare eye. I know, crazy. But for a really long time, nobody could. All that changed in 1608 in the Netherlands, where the first telescope was made. It was definitely quite different from the ones nowadays, but the basic idea was the same. And as telescopes became more advanced, it was even easier to see that we lived in a universe larger than we could ever begin to comprehend. Wow. I just can't comprehend that. Technology became more advanced, we were soon able to send space probes and satellites up into the cosmos. The first satellite, Sputnik First, was launched on October 8, 1957 by the Soviet um, Union. It says October 4th, Lily. October 4th. Sorry. Uh, and it's a fact check. Yeah, I'll start with... Where's the start? Just, does it work if I started at the first, first satellite? Sure. Or should I go? Is it easier for editing if I go backwards? No, it doesn't make very much difference. Alright. The first satellite, Sputnik the first, was launched on October 4th, 1957, by the Soviet Union. And just a month later, on November 3rd, 1957, an even more impressive space venture came to pass Sputnik the second, a satellite that had a living passenger, a dog named Lakia. And on January 31st, 1958, the U.S. set a satellite into space, called Explorer. I know, super inventive name. (laughs) (laughs) Also in 1958, space exploration activities in the U.S. were given to the new government agency. NASA! Which stands for the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Kind of a mouthful, but... (laughs) (laughs) That's why they shortened it to NASA, probably. As well as a few other government facilities. Back to the space race. In 1961, both the U.S. and the Soviet Union put humans into space within three weeks of each other. <laughs> then came spacewalks, and but as you probably know a lot about all of this kind of history, closer to our time, I won't elaborate. The next phase in space exploration, though, is space stations, such as... ISS! It means International Space Station. More on that later in the science behind it. Alright, now to conclude a quick history. Since the beginning of time, we have been astounded by the sky. And even though we know a lot about the universe, there are still lots that we don't know. Wow. Well, now I think Annabelle should explain some of the science. 
Space time! I love space, therefore I'm going to talk about it a lot. So let's get started. I think I will start with the air in space, or rather the lack of it. The gases that make up most of space are helium and hydrogen. The next thing I think we should talk about is one of my favorites. I don't know why it's my favorite. It just is. Black holes. Over here, I just wanted to sneak in some brief history. We didn't actually prove black holes existed until about 1971. So about 50 years ago, when some astronomers studying the constellation Cygnus discovered the first black hole. Bye. Black holes have an extremely strong gravity gravitational pull so that not even light can escape which is literally the fastest moving thing in the universe wow we cannot actually see black holes all we see is the matter being pulled around it or the galaxy huh what yes you heard me right galaxies have you ever wondered how galaxies are held together is not a super big star nope then we'd probably have a galaxy around our sun our sun actually isn't a very big star so we probably still wouldn't a neutron star we talked about that last week and this thing is a lot more gravity pulling. It is a supermassive black hole. It measures millions, maybe even billions of times more massive than our sun. The black hole is called Sagittarius A. Woo! <laughs> yeah. She's a Sagittarius. Or uh, an Ophiuchus. Whatever. <laughs> there are probably millions, maybe even billions of black holes in our Milky Way alone. But before you get worried, they're not as big as the one in the center of our galaxy. There may be two or three times more massive than our sun. Some wow. features of black holes are accretion disks, which are <laughs> particles in a disk shape around a black hole. Quasars, which are the jets of particles that shoot off as the supermassive black hole. And, this is the scariest, the event horizon. Boom, boom, boom. Ah! This one is so scary. It is. This is a point of no return on a black hole. This is where we stop seeing the quasars and accretion disks and start seeing literally nothing. <gasps> Next, onto something a bit less creepy. Is there life outside Earth? I don't actually know, unfortunately, but I would really love to. For a planet or moon to have life, it must be in the Goldilocks zone of its star. That basically means it can't be too hot or too cold. It also has to have water. Scientists think that the best chance of life in our solar system, besides Earth, of course, is Jupiter's moon, Europa. It has oceans and may have undersea vents that could support life. I'll tell you a bit about that in a second. You probably think I mean intelligent life. And, of course, we don't exactly know about other planets and moons enough about them to know if they have intelligent life. But, sadly, there probably isn't any other intelligent life in our solar system besides us. Otherwise, we most likely would have seen it or at least if there was some in the past we would have seen that there was some kind of because we've sent satellites but back to europa scientists like to study extreme and i mean extreme life on earth and on an extreme climates to get information about how life on other planets might work europa's surface temperature is negative 173 degrees celsius so even the most extreme climates on Earth would not be that extreme. The next thing scientists like for research about other planets is hydrothermal vents. As I've said before, before and I, that I would talk about this, undersea vents have 
a high chance of supporting life. This is because bacteria that live there get their food through chemosynthesis. Chemosynthesis is kind of like photosynthesis, but instead of using sunlight, they use chemical reactions. Next, I will tell you a bit about planets. As we know, hopefully, planets circle around their stars in an elliptical orbit. Mm -hmm. By that, I mean it is more of an egg shape than a circle. The planets that are closer to their sun are hotter, and planets farther away are colder. Sometimes when a planet is close to its star, it gets tidally locked. That basically means that one side only faces the star. There are different kinds of planets. There are rocky planets like Earth, but also gaseous and icy planets. Next, I'm going to talk about other kinds of planets, exoplanets. These are planets outside of our own solar system. Exoplanets are classified based on planets in our own solar system. Some of the classifications are Neptune-like, which are hot and gaseous planets, similar to our Neptune. Hot Jupiter planets are planets that closely orbit their sun, which gives them a high surface temperature. They are gaseous planets like our Jupiter as well. Super Earths are like our home Earth, but generally made of ice rock. They are normally bigger than Earth, but smaller than the gas giants. Next, we have Earth analog. These are very, and by very, I mean extremely similar to our Earth. Although exoplanets are hard to find because their stars usually do them out. There are ways scientists can locate them. Some of those ways are direct imaging, which is where stars are blocked out to see the objects around them. Radical velocity, which is where a star, when a planet makes its star wobble. Astro, astro, astrome, astrometry? Astrometry, thank you, MJ. Which <laughs> observes the movement of a star in comparison to other stars. Gravital, gravitational microlensing, which observes the light of a star bent due to its planet. And last, and the most common form, is transit, which is where the light from a star is blocked because its planet is between star and Earth. Next, I'm going to tell you a bit about the ISS, like we promised I would. This means the International Space Station, in case you forgot. And this is where astronauts and cosmonauts, Russian astronauts, live in space. The ISS is in low Earth orbit, which basically means that it's still in Earth's atmosphere, just very far away. Astronauts and cosmonauts that live in the ISS do have to do experiments to learn more about space. Also, they have to get at least two hours of exercise a day. Why? I'm getting there. In microgravity, which means that there is less gravity than there is on Earth, it's also called zero gravity, you can lose a lot of bone and muscle mass because you don't use them as much as you do on Earth. Well, hopefully I haven't bored you all to death. Joke back time! In this segment, all of us, your amazing hosts, will tell you jokes and facts in one completely, totally awesome segment. So let's, let's get started. What's a light year? The same as a regular year, but with less calories. <laughs> <laughs> Next one, here goes. I checked out a book on, micro on microgravity. I can't put it down. <laughs> <laughs> that one's funny. Okay, now on to the facts. In space, you can't hear. Really? Wow. Yes, really. Duh. Because to hear, there has to be something for the sound waves to bounce off of. And in space, there really isn't anything for them to bounce off of. Therefore, you can't hear. Hmm. All right, here's the next one. Did you know that scientists believe that the moon used to be a part of Earth, but then something big hit it? And the chunk broke off and got locked in orbit and became the moon. That's crazy. Whoa. Well, that's the end of Joke Facts. Time to the art segment of Hello World. 
This week, I'm going to be talking about a famous artist who was inspired by space. His name was Robert T. McCall. Dr. McCall painted mostly about space and the future. His paintings were what he thought the future would look like, but in the most realistic way possible. If he could paint it realistically, then he thought maybe we would be able to dream bigger about what the future will be like. He was also NASA's space program's visual historian for more than 35 years. Dr. McCall wow. even painted a 70-foot mural, <gasps> take that in, 70 feet, in the Smithsonian wow. Air and Space Museum called Cosmic View, depicting the history of space travel. Dr. McCall lived to 90 years old, and his legacy will live on, I'm sure, in the hearts and minds of all who see his work. Dr. McCall once said, the future is bright and filled with promise for us all, and that, I think, is something we can all agree on. Yes. Before we leave, I want to read a poem I wrote about our closest star, Alpha Centauri. Here goes. Alpha Centauri, how close you are. You're our very brightest star. Though protective might play a hand, no other star is as close to man, except for the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's it for this week. And if you want to listen to a totally awesome podcast that's completely educational, you can listen to Side Door. It is a Smithsonian podcast about tons of interesting things. You should totally go check it out. The link will be in the description of the show. Or as you like to call it, the show notes. The show notes. (laughs) We (laughs) hope you enjoyed this amazing space-themed episode. If you want more from us, which I'm sure you do, because I can read maps, you can go (laughs) check out our other two podcasts. Science Gals. And Ravenclaw Club, which are about science, as you might guess, and Harry Potter. We'll have lots more to talk about next week. So, see you then. Bye. Bye.